Thanks for joining us for this episode of Strategic Storytelling. Jesse and I work together to help people and businesses reach and connect with their communities. Brian is a visual storyteller, designer, and chief creative officer at Pathfinder. Jesse is very passionate about entrepreneurship. He's a very loyal person, and he is a very caring individual as well. In marketing, the storytelling leans on the strategy, but the strategy needs storytelling to be effective. Agreed. Hello, it's Brian and Jesse again. Uh, we're here and uh, talking strategic storytelling, and uh, we're going to start this conversation out uh, with storytelling, right, Jesse? Yeah, I mean, what other better place to start than than the title of our our show? Exactly. It's <laughs> it's uh, it's it's a it's a good thing that uh, we need to kind of set the tone. unravel, set the tone, get uh, give give everybody an idea of, like what that actually means is strategic storytelling. So that's uh, that's. You know, we thought that this would be a good place to start. Yeah. I think we like to tell our, our clients is uh, we're, we're telling their story. So uh, what we would like to start off with is uh, kind of some defining what that is. So what makes a compelling story? Yeah. Um, you know, I think um, a compelling story is something that obviously, you know, and you see this, I think, in movies and shows and, and anything else, right? Yes. You have to have a, a plot, right? right? You have to have a... Right kind of a layout where we have a beginning and a, and some uh, pre stuff that's explaining, you know, what this is and what this is about. What are we, what are we entering into? Right. Right. And then, uh, you know, kind of build up from there. I think you know, if you think back to like early school days, you get that little uh, chart that shows the the stages of the story. Oh yeah. I forget what the first okay. one's called, but then it's like the rising action, the climax, the falling yep. action and the resolution. Right. Right. I think the same thing fits here too. Even talking in, in storytelling for the purpose of marketing, right? Right. Well, in, in a little bit of the uh, research that I did, uh, I found three words that work with traditional storytelling, and, and also I think work in the uh, marketing as well. It's and what you were just explaining was the in storytelling. There's conflict, there's context, and then there's continuity, and those all work with traditional storytelling. Right. And we can talk about the marketing aspects of that as well. So and I think if you just kind of lay those things out, you know, you're, you're really, I've, I've heard it told a lot of different ways. You know, right, some businesses yeah. do this uh, better than others based on uh, the planning for it, but all, and, and the brand, but, but also just, you know, some businesses are attuned to this a little easier based on like what they're doing. Right. But I've seen, a, you know, a lot of experts will talk about, you know, you have to have a, uh, an adversary to your business. And that's that conflict, right? right? Like who's your adversary and who are you going against? So it doesn't have to be a person. It can be, you know, for marketing if, as a marketing agency, I think our adversary is, is bad marketing or it's, um, right. uh, uh, not being, not having the story told in a way that people hear it, right. you know, uh, right. silence is, is the enemy of good marketing yes. or, or it's just stuff that falls flat or, um, stuff that's not compelling. Yeah. You know, those kinds of things. What's well, those pain points that those businesses are dealing with? Right. Um, and, yeah. and for each business we deal with, it, it's, 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 it's different. different. It's different for everyone. Um, competition can be that for yeah. some, depending on how competitive that business is. Right. Um, for, for like a restaurant, it could even be as something as simple as, how on earth do we get people in here on a really snowy day? <laughs> That's our enemy today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, can, can we do a special to get them in, can we can we do something that um, and that could be a price or an item or just what's going to draw people right to, to buy? Well, and it could and like you said, it could be a daily pain point. It could be a monthly. It could be a yearly. It could be also like a a future pain point. Like yeah. we're 
we're we've positioned ourselves to work with them wherever they're at. Like that's exactly. that's uh, I think that's what we pride ourselves in is is in making sure that we understand we understand our our clients' pain points, and we also know that they're they're kind of alive. That they're they're that like you said that that you know that's that slider is moving uh, at all times. Like yep. You know, it's not snowing here all the time, you know, in the Midwest where we're at. So uh, we don't have to deal with snow, but it's a good thing to think about that. You know, if, you know, how, yeah, like how do we get people in or how do we take orders and then get orders out? And it's extremely dependent on the kind of business, you know, I think businesses that deal with consumers directly, they're not business to business. They deal with consumers. Right. Um, This is way more prevalent on a day to day basis. Right. Or um, uh, product businesses can be a little bit more. regular pivoting depending on you know what's going on in that market mm-hmm. and when i think product i you know it includes like food stuff too yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah. um that's i think why restaurants have the hardest time honestly is that they're consumer facing and it's product and so that's very um mm-hmm. uh flighty it just it, it, our moods change constantly if i if i have a mexican restaurant for instance uh, people aren't coming there every day for the most part. I, 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 as a person, don't want Mexican food. In fact, if you're the owner of that restaurant, you probably don't want Mexican food every day. Right. So you have to deal with those constantly conflicting things. And there's obviously quality and and, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Whereas for business to business, it's a little different, right? We can tell a long-term story. And if that, you know, especially if we have a, a professional service we're offering that might be a higher price point, for instance, um, it takes a long time to build up to that. You know, people aren't walking out to spend two thousand dollars tomorrow just not right you have to lead them to that that's that's all all a part of the story too kind of us being able to tell them where the best place to start is and that could be that could be budgeted the limit limiting thing could be budget the limiting thing could be they just not really sure where they want to take it uh it could be any number of things but we that is definitely a, a a big part of the story so uh so that the client knows um just you know, just how much uh, how much they can invest in yeah. telling that story. Yeah, for sure. So the next thing then is context. Uh, I, I wrote down uh, how how will solving this problem help my client. Um, that's the kind of questions then we have to ask them, and then then we also have to reflect on that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then because I think contextually, we, you know, once we understand that problem, and once the client understands that problem, because sometimes we've had this before too, like. Sometimes when we ask them what the problem is, that's not really what the problem actually is, right? Uh, yeah, they. It's funny when you get really close to your business, you don't really see what the actual problem is. You just know what seems to be the headache for you today, right? right. <laughs> and that's usually what comes out. Um, but and sometimes it's a symptom more so than it's the problem. Yes, yes. Right? They'll say, "I don't have enough sales." Just general, sure. generally, right? And you're like, right, okay. "Okay, well, the problem might not be your ability to sell when they're in the store." Maybe it's your ability to get them in the store, and that's not a sales problem. No, that's a marketing problem. Yes, or or it, you know, in some cases, it's a um, a quality problem or a uh, location problem, or or so on and so forth. It can be many things depending on the business. But right. uh, yeah, definitely, I think in those conversations with people, we hear either I don't know, yeah, or we hear uh, we we hear a symptom more often than we hear an actual problem. Right. They haven't really deduced that. Yeah. And that's, I think one of the challenging things for us as marketers, as storytellers is, um, it would be nice if every time we went to a new client, all we had to do is walk in and they say, this is the exact problem. And it is. And then we just craft our story around that. Right. Right. But 
more often than not, we're doing a lot more, we'll get into this a little bit, but we're doing more of the strategy planning for them first. Right. Because right. they don't know what that problem right. is. Well, there's, there's some digging, there's some, uh, and, and digging just in questions, like in constantly, you know, uh, making sure that we're, we're, we're listening to those problems, but also seeing like, you know, using our expertise and you're like, I don't know if that's actually the problem. And, and, and also then, so we're ask, asking ourselves questions too at the same time. So just, you know, uh, that is all, you know, an important part of, of weaving the stories because we can't, we, our, our thing is that we can't solve those point, pain points if we don't know what those, what those specific pain points are, but also maybe not specific and, and, and like you said even they may not know yeah um so uh i mean more often than not they don't know they really don't i think well i think you're too close to it right as, as a business I think owner you're too close to it but i you know one of the we do a lot of small businesses um and there's a big difference between our clients that are larger companies and our 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 clients that are smaller companies right mm-hmm. smaller companies like it's if if we're talking to them it's probably this the ceo the owner of the business right, right? And it's their livelihood. This is their salary. This is if they if they don't get this right, they're in trouble. Either because they took out, you know, debt to do this, or they have left their job to do this, or, mm-hmm. or whatever. And when they're at that point where they're very small, it's, it's oftentimes a one two person business. You know, those kinds of situations. Um, what you find is that they're so concerned about the money, right? And, and somewhat yeah. rightfully so, right? They right. need money to That's live. Important. That's an important part. But, but they're thinking about that money so much that it's it becomes an urgency, and yes. so then it's the o- it's the only problem they can see. It's I don't I'm not getting enough sales. I'm not right. getting enough money, and they don't want to hear that. Well, you need to do you know X, Y, and Z better mm-hmm. in order to over time build a better better and more consistent clientele, for instance. Yes. Um, and there's a marketing aspect to that. But there's also an internal aspect to that, and mm-hmm. and you know, uh, trying to think of a good example, but um, but really what it comes down to is you know if we market really well and we get you you know a hundred people that have signed up for your email list, but then you don't um, have a product worth buying, or maybe maybe it's a product that is worthwhile, but you've priced it way too high. You know, maybe it's double what it should be. Right. For instance. Uh, that that doesn't translate to sales. No, and and then they think, well, the marketing agency isn't doing their, their job, and I'm like, well, that's not. I've it's already, not entirely true. So right. you know, we have to walk through that with them and make sure that we're on the same page about that kind of stuff. Because though they sometimes see it as irrelevant to what we're doing, it, it very much is not irrelevant. Right. Well, it's 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 understanding their processes. It's understanding their product, and then it's understanding um, who that product. Is being you know sold to those like, like yeah I mean you could have the you know you could have the next best thing you know and you know and all of a sudden well like every, everybody I talk to you loves this product and they want it but no one's buying it and I'm like well there's there's a there's a deeper <laughs> issue there that needs to be uh, sorted out because like you said maybe it's too expensive you know right. or, or or maybe there's a, it's just a niche audience that we need to connect with you know that, well, it's, this is a little off topic, but you know, just what I hear people say, well, I asked these people and they all, they all said they would buy it or they, they would all, that would be a great business to go into. I often, the next question I have is, did you ask all your friends and family? Cause they're, Oh yeah. That's, that's the first people. They're not doing it maliciously, but they're not telling you necessarily (laughs) the brutal, honest truth all the time. But yeah, pricing can be an issue. Uh, you know, product quality can be an issue for sure. If they can get something 
of a higher caliber for a lesser cost, well, they're going to do it. Oh, totally. Unless they just really want to support a small business. Right. Well, I think you brought up a good point is to like, it is good to like have that sounding board to not just be your friends and family, like find those people that are going to give you an honest reaction uh, about whatever it is you're planning yeah. to do. Cause if you don't, uh, then you're like you said, you're going to get a lot of yes men and that's not, that's not helpful. That's not helpful. And that's not helpful to them and their business. And it's not helpful to us when trying to create a story around their marketing. Um, let's And then the final part of storytelling is continuity. Uh, telling that, uh, telling that story consistently. And to me, that's authentic authenticity. And I think probably one of like one of the most, you know, uh, the, the most, you know, maybe forgotten about things that, you know, everybody like, like, Oh yeah, I want to be authentic, but like, they don't really know what that means. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's transparency. It's, it's all of the, you know, nuts and bolts of that's going into their business and um and 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 just being them their themselves you know, like they're you know they're selling a widget they're not just selling that widget like they may be you know a pastor at a local church they may be a community member they you know they may be uh you know that's all part of the story too like mm-hmm. it, we we need to make sure that all of that is is told as well it's not just like i'm a plumber and i do this thing yeah I think people struggle with this concept too. Well, I'll use the example of the plumber, right? Sure. I think they walk into it saying, well, no, I do plumbing. Like, why do I need a story? Why I do plumbing. Then, <laughs> like, then the, what, what I like, like to ask that. Everyone knows what a plumber does, right? Yeah. Well, then what I like, it's like, well, if I can just open, you know, if I could just open my phone and type in plumbing, I can find any plumber. Right. Like, what makes you different? Well, I think people like misunderstand what the title of storytelling is. <laughs> yes. Right. They're like, well, I don't have a two-page narrative about my <laughs> sob story that I got to become a plumber. Right. You know, like that's not what we're talking. I mean, that can be a part of it a It can brand. be a part of it, but that it can be this be. emotional story about how we got here or mm-hmm. the meaning behind the work we're doing, right? But that's not everyone. That's that's actually not most people. No. And I think people confuse that because they're like, Well, I don't have that. And I'm like, Well, you do. There's a reason that you got to where you are. Yeah. Is it, you know, did you go into plumbing because of your, uh, because you saw other plumbers and you didn't like what you were seeing? Did you do it because, um, because you, you have, because you're building a business around that? Are you going somewhere else with it? Are you the cheapest? Uh, are you the best quality? Are you, um, the quickest? You know, I, when I think of services like that, you know, plumbing and, and heating and air or things like that, it's mm-hmm. like. You know, some sometimes you you always want quality, but it's obviously expensive. But but a lot of times you're calling because there's an emergency. It's midwinter and there's your heat problem. goes out. It's your toilet has flooded. It's you know whatever. And um, so that can be a story too. It can be a, a, a market niche where you you're like, hey, we're always going to be there in within an hour. You know, and right. and that can be your story. And if you if you are consistent with that, you're probably going to build a really great customer base. Even in spite of high competition, because if if I've got an emergency, I'm calling calling that guy. Well, yeah, you know? your, your story is your story is then spread then too about like oh this guy shows up yeah this I I can count on this person they took care of me in they, the middle of the weekend the, no problem and yeah and you know? I you know I I thought I was going to go to a hotel because my b- pipes burst exactly. I didn't you know and they they took care of it boom 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 done like it's 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 bringing bringing that out and that's and 
And that's our job. That's our job to uh, to ask those questions, to to, you know, and not that this is in a bad way, like hold hold that client's hand and then show them because a lot of clients we work with have never done this or they've done it in little ways here and there. But they've like, if if they're really kind of like jumping in and, you know, wanting the full, uh, you know, full Pathfinder experience, that can be a little daunting because, you know, we we offer a lot of services. And I think, you know, some businesses kind of like, you know, maybe kind of take a step back. You're like, oh, my gosh, I, I don't know if I'm ready for all of this because we're, you know, because then we're like we're asking about a bunch of questions like, you know, this, this, that and the other thing. Um, but it's it it's I think it's uh, I, I enjoy I enjoy that process with our clients and and being able to kind of, you know, guide them on that journey because I mean, we were on that journey. Right. You know, like it's it's we understand that journey. All right. Um, so, uh, a little transition from there, uh, let's talk about four types of storytelling. Um, there's oral, visual, written, and digital. Um, and we'll kind of dive into all of those. So let's, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about all of those and then let's talk about then how we can work that, work those things into marketing. Okay. Sure. Um, so Four main types of storytelling. I think it's kind of expanded from the four original main types, right. but there's four main types. You got oral, visual, uh, written, and digital. Okay. So oral is obviously speaking. Yeah. What we're uh, doing right now. Having conversational. a conversational. It can be, you know, it's the oldest form of storytelling. Right? right. That's how we pass down history originally. Well, yeah. I mean, that's how we communicate with each other every day. Yeah. It's, it's all through, uh, it's all through, you know, interactions I, with each other. I think too, it can, you know, it, it can also be like stories we tell ourselves. Oh, that too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my brand is, is X and everyone else is like, that's not what we're all seeing. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And so working through that, I think oral can be challenging. Right. But, um, you know, as Pathfinder, we do podcasting now is what we're doing right now. Yep. Um, and it can be in a really effective tool because oral does work really well. People are engaged in, in hearing a voice and a, they, they, they feel like they're getting to know a person mm -hmm. when they're hearing you. Um, and then there's also just, you know, medium, right? So if I'm driving around, you can't really do visual or something else. That's right, right. <laughs> well, I guess you can, but not not safely. I don't know. I mean, there, there, and there's, there's just something to, I mean, there's something to all of the things that we do, but like there's something to the long form format. Like, like you said, you're in your car for 20 minutes and you want to throw something on and it's like, Oh, you know what? I want to. I want to learn a little bit more how to market myself. Okay, cool. Throw in our strategic yep. storytelling podcast and 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 kind of peruse what's going on there. Um, and like you said, there is a there is a personality there. There is a, you know getting to know that business, getting to know the people that are you know basically yep. behind the mics there. And um, I think it's it's exciting uh, and it's it's becoming you know. It's becoming a uh, lower lower barrier of entry to produce as well. Um, uh, that's probably it, the big change. I think that's the biggest change yeah. uh, nowadays. Um, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean it's any easier. No, it's just <laughs> it's just changed in how it's, it's changed. Done. Uh, I mean, it still takes the barrier is is gone, right? But it still requires a lot of work. It, it requires a lot of work, <laughs> a lot of equipment, and stuff like that. But uh, um, yeah, I. Um, but I, 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 it's podcasting. I think is a great a great way to you know start storytelling. And um, well, I think you see it too on you know you, uh, people still today. We go to a lot of like conferences, 
and you you go to hear people on a stage talking and then they usually have some video content or you know some slides or or whatever and that kind of helps but it only just helps solidify what they're talking about. Right. It, it's not the main event, right? We're no. actually going to see somebody. That's very common still, despite all the other changes in the world. You know, there's mm-hmm. lots of other things that we go, we don't go do as much uh, in, in more of a digital world, but we do go to conferences and listen to, to speakers. Right. Um, you want to be inspired. So, uh, well, in TED Talks too, I mean. Yeah. It, though it is video format, you're, you're listening to somebody listening, talk. Yeah. It's it is a it's, it's, a it's more oral than it is visual. <laughs> yes. which but that gives us right into visual. Obviously, video design, photography. Um, yeah. You can tell a story in one picture if you do it right. Yeah. Um, so you know, just jumping into those. Obviously, I don't think we have to go deep on this one really, but there are all kinds of ways to tell a story visually. Um, you can do that in lots of formats. People are still experimenting with that today. Mm-hmm. You know, when you see, you know, shorter form videos on on YouTube and TikTok and, and Facebook and, and Reels, like that's, it's, you know, a lot of people at first were like, this is no different than video. And it isn't, but it is. There's yeah. kind of a style <sighs> format to it that's just a little different. And and two, again, lower barrier to entry. We're not doing our, our horizontal widescreen movies anymore. Ooh, right. It's vertical like uh filmed it with my phone kind yeah of literally everybody has a camera a, a, in their pocket and ready to be able to do something right. and it like then that's the, lo- the lower barrier of entry does that mean the you know you know that you have to not pay attention to quality still personally well i would never say that i personally i would <laughs> never say that as well it's you know and it's just knowing knowing how to use you know knowing the limitations of that medium knowing how to use that medium in a, in a uh a very you know strategic way yep. um uh, did we want? I, I, did we want to talk about you know, and then the oral, oral, visual, digital anymore uh, about that? Or oh, just real quick. So written would be the other. I mean, it's all right. content that can be as short as your old Twitter feeds, which are kind of going away. But <laughs> more on that later. Yeah. Um. You know, or long form. You know, storytelling that's written. You know, books and uh, in in more of a marketing aspect. You know that. You know, if you ever seen those uh, ads or those posts that are like telling you a story essentially about why this product or why this service or this course is so wonderful. And they they, they need some long form stuff to really draw you into that. And they work pretty well. Yeah, they do. Um, When they're, when they're compelling, when they're interesting, you stop, you stop. (laughs) They're usually, they usually stop you with like, Hey, here's a problem. And you're like, I have that problem. Exactly. And then you start reading it and then all of a sudden you're like, wow, I just spent five minutes on that. (laughs) Exactly. Um, or or longer, um, and then digital. Digital is really just as a definition is dynamic engagement, okay. right? So um, that can be done in a lot of ways. You know, there's there's um, if we engage with a certain kind of video, we're going to get more of that kind of content. If we engage with an ad, we, we're going to be led down a customer journey. Um, if we sign up for an email list, we might be sent something each day for seven days or longer. Um, so on and so forth. There's, there's, but it really, the digital aspect of storytelling is tying together multiple mediums. Mm-hmm. There's some written there. There's some visual there. There might be some oral there. There might be photos. There might be videos. There might be design. So it's just really pulling all those things together in a way that I can dynamically engage. And also we can pivot that storytelling depending on what's working, what's not working. Right. Um, or just how we want to continue to build a brand. Right. And that's and that that's basically how you know we use that within the marketing context. We we figure out where you know 
you know, where, where is your audience? Where, who do you want to contact? You know, um, a lot of times, you know, uh, we get clients that are, you know, that are saying, I want to do this because my competitor is doing that. And, I, <laughs> and we always like to kind of just chuckle a little bit. It's like, okay, that's great. I go, but do you have a plan for that? Like other than, other that, than somebody else is doing it? That is TikTok 101. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I, the, my my mini rant. But we, the more the question we get the most that we have to deal with probably the most often that we're kind of shy people away from is TikTok. And from a storytelling perspective, there's 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 things there, but and this is where we get to strategy, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of a we're nice, getting, little, nice we're, little lead in. We're getting there, Jesse. Right? We can tell stories on any platform we want in any medium that we want. Um, it could be the most compelling, amazing story you've ever seen. If it's not strategically placed. It's going to do nothing for you. And I say that about TikTok specifically because everyone's like, oh, my competitor is doing TikTok. I have to do TikTok or, mm-hmm. or everyone's talking about it. So we have to do it. Uh, the, the truth of that is your audience is probably not there depending on your business. Yeah. Some businesses there are, but we get a lot of you know service professionals, uh, business to business people ask us about using TikTok. And we're like, no, like if, if I'm a business, I'm not looking on TikTok for to buy something in no. most cases. That's just not, there's maybe a few small niche things, but it's not, if you have a limited budget, which most people do, that's not where we're spending it, guys. No, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. Uh, which which brings me into a, a story that leads us right into uh, the strategy part of this. Like when I was doing, uh, when I was running my own production company, uh, and I've told you this story dozens of times, and I think we tell it to dozens of our clients as well, uh, what I would get, I would get tasked to do is like create a video and I would create a great video and, mm-hmm. and maybe a, a multiple great videos. And then at the end of that, I would give the, the content and all the videos to the client. And then they're like, what do I do now? Right. And I'm like, this is, this is where I wash my hands. Like, I don't, I don't, if you didn't think about where you want to go with this now, or you're not talking to anybody about like, I don't know what to tell you. And, and that's kind of where our you know, our partnership kind of came in, into play then is like, you're like, oh, you know, that's crazy. Like they should have like really thought about like, cause what they did is like their competitor had started doing videos. So they're like, oh no, I need to do start doing videos. And I did them, mm-hmm. but they had no strategy in how to implement them. So they're just right. like, mm, I don't know, maybe put it on the <laughs> website, maybe throw some on fa- Facebook. Sure. <laughs> but then. Uh, it was, has to be seen by other people. You mean? Yeah, to, exactly. To have an impact? It has it's some crazy, kind of impact. Crazy thought. So then, <laughs> and so then, yeah. Jesse uh, was like, "Okay, well, we need to strategically think about this." And I'm like, "Great, that's what you're here for." So, um, yeah, the strategy part was in, an important piece uh, of the puzzle for me uh, because then, it, then it made sense. Like, mm-hmm. also doing all that work to for these videos. For them to not really have a strategy made me a little <laughs> a, sad. I'm just like, yeah. ah, I, I don't. I go, I want to help you, but I, I didn't have the tools. I didn't have the strategy tools to be able to like right. help them with that. Yeah, I always love that story about you know your business and and just how like, I mean, to me it always seems a little obvious because that's just like what I do, right? That's just who I am. But to like say we're gonna pay you know money for a video or a series of videos and then like it would just kind of fall flat because they didn't know what to do. It's like, mm-hmm. it's kind of sad. Right. Thousands <laughs> and, and of dollars like, at times. Yeah. Some of those longer ones. And I always think back to that time and and the things that you said about that. And I'm just, I don't know. It, it always surprised me for sure. Um, but in addition to that, it's like, 
it's why this worked so well in some ways because mm-hmm. you're like, no, I'm just, I'm just a videographer. Like I just, I'm telling you a story. I'm a creative. I'll, I'll come up, like it's this fantastic video, whatever. And then yeah, after that, like there's what next. And so that really leads us to our strategy piece here. Just on marketing strategy in general, you know, so many people are just like taking shots in the dark, you know? Right. And that's why we really talk about strategic storytelling because as we kind of mentioned earlier, you know, you can tell a the best story in the world. It can be the most emotional, most most enticing thing. And if you're not doing something with that story or or projecting that story in a way that makes sense uh, for for an audience you're trying to capture or or in a, a level of quality that's required, people aren't really going to hear that. And and that can be said for all sorts of storytelling movies tv shows whatever that's why you have tv shows that get canceled that's why you have movies that flop right mm-hmm. you almost have to tell a story about why we should go see a movie and then they tell the story that you actually want to tell right exactly it's the, the, the marketing the trailers that we see um but the same is true for businesses too i think you know um, i i've i've talked to tons of businesses that like i would even tell you their 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 product was the best their service was the best they the the way they did it was the best. The way they did it was the most, you know, captured me, right? But they don't stay open as businesses because they don't know how to strategically implement that in a way in which they get enough customers or they charge enough money or so what have you to stay in business, you know? Um, I can think of, you know, I, I, always, I even think of, you know, just contractors a lot, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of guys out there, contractors who they're, they're really good at what they do. They're talented. They know a lot of stuff. You can just say, I, I have a problem. Can you fix this for me? Right. And they can, for sure. But usually they're just one-man businesses. And um, they they end up never growing past that because they don't know how to project manage. They don't know how to hire and retain employees. They don't know how to expand past just what they're asked to do on a daily basis. So they have years of plenty and years of not much. And they just, that's it. Their business is them. And and so they do. And so I think some want that. But if you ever want to get past that, it requires something more. And I think that's really where the strategy piece oh. comes in. Yeah. So um, let's talk about mar- marketing strategy. And and maybe, you know, since we've been using the the plumber analogy, like, what, you know, like, <laughs> what would be a marketing strategy? We didn't even plan this plumber analogy. We're just, we, we're we're just going with it. We're rolling with it. <laughs> uh, so, like, because like, I don't think. Because I think people are like, well, strategy means a plan. We're like, okay, yeah, it means that. But I think it's it's a lot more. Well, I think than the plumber that. is a really good example because um, this I would say strategy changes based on what you're doing, right? Yes. If if you're doing something that people don't understand, strategy is very different than if you're doing something that people do understand. People understand what plumbing is. Yes. If I have a leaky toilet, I'm calling a plumber. Right. If I have uh, you know, just uh, a, ho- a hose spraying everywhere. I'm maybe calling a plumber. If right. I if something's clogged, I'm calling the plumber. Right. So you know, it's very obvious to people what they do. Right. There's not much mystery there. Right. I think though, what they what a lot of plumbers miss is like, well, if it's not that much of a mystery, I'm not saying it's not a technical uh, difficult skill, but it's it's one that many people have. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, in a community. And so if I'm going to, and it's also a low barrier to entry because you can have a one-man business yeah. and, and be a plumber, you know, you whereas need, other businesses, you, can, you can't do that. You need tools and knowledge. Um, so how, you know, the strategy there then is how am I going to set myself apart from others? And, and not even just that, but 
you have to really think about strategy longer term too. Like if I'm better than everybody else, and so I start getting all the calls, but then I have to say no to half of them because it's too many calls, right? That's an issue too. You're you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot a little bit because your business can't grow from there. And again, some people want it that way, but yeah. I would say most don't. So, you know, just thinking about that, like, you know, a plumber is probably naturally not really good at hiring employees and doing the things needed for employees. They may not be uh, good at keeping their books, their, mm-hmm. their numbers. They may not know, can I hire someone or not and how much to pay them? They may not know how to um, provide enough good customer service to adequately handle the incoming needs um, in a way that doesn't start to make people frustrated right. or angry. Um, so those are the parts of the strategy, I think, that are really important. And some people are like, well, that's just business planning. And I say, no, it's not. Uh, business planning is is much more, here's what I'm going to go do, right? Mm-hmm. And strategy is much more of a, a way we're going to do things, yes. right? And so when things don't go the way we planned, Right. The strategy should pick up the slack of that, right? Right, um, and and that's harder for smaller businesses. And it's you know, they're I think a lot of them don't deal with strategy much because they're saying, "I'm just trying to make a living." Right. <laughs> well, and I think uh, how can I think about the next step? Exactly. And I think I think uh, the key point from there is, at least to me, is is a business plan is kind of like you said, a very general, like here's what I'm gonna do. But the strategy is more, more micro and, and kind of getting it like, and then also like here, the strategy is here's what I'm going to do, but also if this doesn't go the way I need it to, then here's what I'm going to do after that. Like it right. gives you, it's a, it's more of a process where the plan is just kind of like, well, I hope this is how this goes. Yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I used to write a lot of business plans uh, when I was a little bit younger and I think there's a lot of value to them. I, I wouldn't recommend going into business without some kind of plan. Oh, does yeah. it need to be a 50 page document. No, not necessarily, but you need to really think, make sure you've thought through everything. I think the business plan as a, as a document is a good place to make sure Yes, I thought about all the buckets of things I needed to think yes. about. And I've maybe addressed some uh, simple things like this is the software I'm going to use to make sure accounting occurs. This is the platforms I'm planning to use for marketing, for instance. Um, or, or here's my, my logo and my brand, you know, here's the services I'm going to offer and here's Mm -hmm. the ones I'm not right. That's the plan. But then, but then you get into business and then it's not really what you think. It just, it almost never is right. Right. Uh, Back to your business, you know, before Pathfinder, you were like, I'm doing video, talented at video. I'm talented at storytelling. I'm a good creative. Um, I need some equipment. Mm-hmm. Right. That's your business plan. I need I need some some clients mm-hmm. and I'm going to make the videos. And what you were starting to find is that that worked OK. And then all of a sudden everyone was saying, well, what do I do now? And and I think one of your biggest issues at that time was. Having everyone's customers. happy with what I produced. <laughs> yeah. The clients aren't upset, but they're not coming back. That's yeah. They're Why having, aren't they coming back? Having the repeat customers. And yeah. it's because they paid dollars for product. And then they said. The return on investment's not there. And the return on investment piece was not your um, requirement. No. It was not a part of your contract to tell them how to use this item to get that right. return. But unfortunately, you're in the position where it bites you anyway. Right. And that's, that's I think, what happens to a lot of uh, business-to-business businesses um, where it's like, 
the customer doesn't know what to do next. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think that's why, and I think it does do business to consumer too. I think more and more you're just inundated with like, you know, I, I bought a product, but that business needs to stay in business. So now they're sending you lots of emails yes. to try to buy more product, right? right? Or you know, subscription models and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But trying to build that recurring revenue and and really figuring out how we're going to manage this long term. Well, yeah. And that, that brings me into like, you know, the strategy, having a strategy helps the business make decisions and not just day-to-day decisions about yeah. the, the future. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I, I can speak to that really yes. well. <laughs> I think the thing that happens if you don't have a strategy is that you end up doing a lot of things that you shouldn't be doing, right? Right. That can look a lot of different ways too. Well, that was exactly me. I was just kind of doing the shotgun approach and like, well, this kind of worked. This, so we'll, uh, we'll try that. <laughs> yeah. And then, and But then- I was spinning my wheels and I was working tons of hours and only seeing a little bit of result. And right. that's, I was exhausted. Yep. <laughs> so I think um, it looks a lot of different ways. I think in uh, just like professional services businesses that yeah. can look like, oh my gosh, sales aren't happening. Uh, we must not be, we must be doing something wrong. Guys, let's have more meetings. We yes. need to talk about why it's not working. And, and really all you needed to be doing was telling your story better or like going out and making the sales in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's what happens. You, you end up, your focus gets so all over the place. Um, another example, I'm sure we've all been to a store. Maybe yes. we happened in there when traveling. Maybe we, maybe it's a local store, whatever. And and they're like, this store is, it sells X. You know, we sell this. Uh, we're this kind of a store. And then you get in there and you see, well, you got Y and Z and A and B and C here too. What what is this? And you know, some people would say, "Well, that's a Dollar General," but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's made for that, right? I'm talking about the small businesses that are like, "What are you doing?" It happens with restaurants a lot. Their menu kind of explodes, and you're like, yes. "I went to a diner, and I'm being offered fine Italian cuisine and tacos." Right, and you're like, "What?" So none of it's going to be that good, right? Obviously. But like, just it's just kind of all over the place, and you're like, what, what is the brand here? Well, what are we doing <laughs> as consumers? We kind of want less decisions. We, we, uh, yeah. we, we want, we just want to like, if you're going in and thinking I'm having Italian, okay, cool, I'm gonna get the lasagna, and right. and I well, wait, tacos, a hamburger, <laughs> like I'm I'm confused now, and then now there's too many. You know, now I'm asking myself questions so like, well, maybe I, I just have a short story. So, you know, I know a guy, he's an accountant and uh, we'd go to lunch, but he doesn't really like Mexican food, but it's like the only, it's the only place close by. So we always okay. go to this Mexican place and he buys the cheeseburger. <laughs> he's like, it's the best. It's one of the best cheeseburgers I've had. And I just think that's so funny. Cause I'm like, this is just so he's, wrong. He's going like, to a Mexican. You're, you're, you're telling them this is okay. And it's not. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, I always find that kind pl- of funny. Playing into it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, what have we not talked about? I think that, I mean, to be honest with you, I think we've talked about, we've talked about story. We've talked about strategy. Now we need to bring it home and uh, bring it together. Uh, and also it's sure. the name of our, our podcast, Strategic Storytelling. So why do you... Uh, why is it important to frame your marketing into a story? Sure. So like we said, this is like Pathfinder is all about marrying these two things. When we started Pathfinder, when we merged the businesses and came together. Well, we knew was, our strengths. Yeah, it was strategy. It was uh, storytelling. You know, marketing, <laughs> uh, storytelling. Um, and we kind of married that. And, and what's so important about that is like 
if you're on one boat or the other, you're missing half the half the thing. Right. Right. If you're in strategy all the way, well, you might have some really great ideas. Your business model might be incredible and your story is not being told. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you might not or it's being told in an uncompelling way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen that a lot, too. I, I've seen if you've ever been like to a trade show or a, an event and you get this flyer and it's just like text, so just text. It's just like, well, just, there's some design elements yeah. around it, kind of wrap it. Yeah. But it's like just paragraphs and like, you're like, <laughs> no one's reading that. No. And that's the, but that's to explain the business that, that you got the flyer for. It's important to them. But when, once you get that as a consumer, you're like, and, I'm not reading all this. And if you try them out, they might be the best business ever. It might right. be the best cost, might be the best customer service. But, but the marketing is, is just right. bad. The storytelling is bad. Yeah. And so, um, but if you have the storytelling piece without the marketing, you get, or sorry, without the strategy, you get the beautiful video that the client goes, what, Ooh, now what? what do I do? Yeah. Exactly. You know, uh, where do I, where, where, do, I where, do, I, where this? do I put this? Where does this live? <laughs> um, yeah. how, how does people, how do people watch this? <laughs> exactly. Um, so I think that's really the, the marriage of those two and, and they're, they're vitally important for each other. And mm-hmm. It's it's a constant battle. Like I, I think it's important to say this is not <laughs> quite easy. literally. Sometimes there's a, there's yeah, a battle. I mean, <laughs> we just last night we were going back and forth about a, a design yes. for a logo, and there was very clearly different sides to, uh, being drawn on whether we thought this was a good logo or not. Yeah, and it's really hard because I was like, hey, I'm not really knocking the design. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing here that's like that is ugly. Like what? Right. Those colors don't work. Like it wasn't like that. It was from from my perspective. Right. To to the creative team <laughs> was I don't think that's telling the story in the way that people need to hear it because this business that we were dealing with is not um it's not a plumber. It's right. not a normal business. It's not a service that people are going to be like I know exactly what they do on day one. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you really, I think we needed to like pick a design that's still the same caliber of quality, but that speaks to that a little bit better. And so, but that's the battle we have back and forth. Oh yeah. And then it, it is healthy battle. It's a completely (laughs) healthy battle. And I think, and to be honest with you, I think our clients get the best of that. Like (laughs) they do the fact that we, that we really are looking at it from both of our perspectives. And also then we need to, we we need to uh, marry those both of those together in the piece that we put out. That's mm-hmm. important, like, and because if it was the most, and that's we we can do that. We we can make the most beautiful logo ever. But if it means nothing, right. and if it it doesn't is it if it's not able to be woven into the strategy, yep. it doesn't matter. Then like exactly. so, well, uh, and I I always. I think one of the benefits of our company is that we do all these things, right? Mm-hmm. And so often I hear businesses say, I got a guy. We already have a logo because I got a guy, right. I got a girl, and she she did this and, it, you know, whatever. And we get that that file, that logo, and we look at it and we're like, okay, we're not trying to, like, <laughs> knock what was done here. I don't know if it was, like, your family member, your friend, or whatever. But well, first like, of all, it's a JPEG, and it's it, unavailable. Well, <laughs> the wrong design files are always a huge part of that. Uh, that happens, like, almost every time. Right. If you're not in a professional setting, that's just what happens. Um, but but more often than not, we're like, hey, this is too busy. This is not really telling who you are. And, and half the time, you get a business owner that came up with the name of the business as well, and they mm-hmm. 
good, right, wrong, good or bad, they have an emotional attachment to it. Right. Um, but you're like, hey, you might need to really rethink your entire business name because it's just not doing you any favors. Right. One, they're also not thinking about, so they've they've got it on a sheet of paper that's right in front of them or on a computer screen. And that size, you're like, okay, that maybe makes sense. It Maybe it looks great on a truck. But then, what if you want to shrink it down to yeah, putting happens. it on, putting it on your, uh, putting on your shirt, putting it on a, a hat? Well, <laughs> I've seen some that like it's like ten different colors. Yeah, that too. That's exaggerating, but five or seven, six, right? Six or seven, and yeah. then they like go to put it on a shirt, and they're like, "Well, that's you know an additional charge per color," and you're like, "Oh, yeah, exactly." <laughs> it's, just, it's not practical. No, uh, you know. So there's there's some of that too as we as we think about design uh, and color scheme too. You know, we don't use that logo for the you know the white sheet of paper with text on it right, right? we're like sure it shines really nice on that piece of paper that is one facet <laughs> we use it you know to decide colors for your website mm-hmm. you know to help that brand alignment we use it for social media purposes we use it for everything and if you have seven main co- main colors right, right. or one or one color the, like you need more than that the strategy of your brand is a visual through line and yeah. from from website to flyer to card to video to whatever else you're putting, you know, to I think, apparel. I think that's what people don't understand these days too with the website piece is like, it used to be like, let's just go back 50 years, mm-hmm. right? If you wanted to do business, people were coming to your place of business. It did not matter what you were offering, right? right. You could be offering uh, marketing services mm-hmm. and everyone's coming to your place of business to have the meeting. They're going to fly to you. They're going to travel downtown to you. They're they're That's what's happening, right? No matter what, we're going to, we're going to do that. Now with the digital era, there's tons of businesses that have no physical location you can go visit and you're buying everything online and mm-hmm. they have employees in 10 cities and so on and so forth. And so what people miss about that from a brand perspective and the strategic perspective as well is your website is your home. It is the place. It's your digital that home. It, is, it, it tells everyone who you are and what you do and what your story is. And you get so many of these people just throwing up. I just need a, a page just thrown up, you know, and it's I'll, – I'll just avoid the it's ugly thing <laughs> to there's no purpose to it. There's, it's, there's no call to action. There's no uh, through line. And well, it just ends up. It's not checking doing a box. It's just like we did it. Yeah, we did the website because everyone does a website, right? Yeah. And it, but it's like and they're missing the point. It's like, well, where's your story? Where's where you know? Where's what do you want people to do? What do you want? And then <laughs> and yeah, because that's the thing. Like, once you go to the website, and like now what? As a as a as a as a consumer, if I go to a website and then I don't know what to do, I'm not gonna. Yeah, they're I'm, gone. I'm gone. I'm like, and it's so much easier to be gone now that they're not walking. Through your door, where right. you can capture them, you got to capture them like without seconds. your face and without <laughs> your personality, yeah. and without your um, your uh, polling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you, there's, there's just it's a very different world. Yeah, and, and people are missing that. We and that's again, we ask questions. We we try. We you know, we attempt to get all that information from you, and and. and if you know, and once we uh, uh, you know show you a mock-up or show you you know something, and if it's still not there, like then we have more questions to ask because you know if there's something missing from the story, that's that's on the that's on the client and on us to be able to kind of work together, like find where those missing pieces are. Um, well, I think just 
I think this can kind of get start get to our wrap up. Here, yeah, but, sure. Um, the other thing too that happens a lot, and this is this is more of a practical thing than, it, but kind of leads into this, is that sometimes we'll get hired to do a logo. Mm-hmm. That's it, or a website. That's it. Uh, or we want you to do social media, but somebody else has already done our website. We don't want you to touch that. Yeah. So on and so forth. We're getting one piece of the pie, and you know it used to be okay. Marketing used to to be that way. Sure. You know, you could have multiple agencies do multiple things, no problem. But in the digital age where everything is very connected and also help and hurt each other in terms of platforms or website or Google search or whatever, um, the reason that we always try to pull people in to do more with us is, I mean, obviously there's a revenue benefit. Yeah. But if we can say, we're doing everything for you, we can also dictate and, and, and help lead people through the process of we need your social media statements and posts to match the brand on your website so that when they see the social media post that leads them to your website, they're not like, where did I just end up? This is not what I thought I clicked on. Right, right. You know, and really like just create that through line and and consistency. Mm -hmm. And that'll help, you know, because it's all a funnel. It's all a sales funnel Mm -hmm. at some level, whether that be I want them to get to my website so they come to my store whether it's I want them to just do a quick buy online, whether it's I want them to contact me or sign up for my email list, doesn't matter. Whatever you want them to do, if you don't have that clear path, that that right. straight line from I did this, then this, then this, no matter where I entered that funnel, you're going to lose people mm-hmm. through that process. And the more consistent you can make that, the better chances you have in, in an already very loud world of getting yep. somebody to do what you want them to do to get them to a point where they are going to um, show up, buy something, whatever it is. And, and that's really, I think, the, the, the marrying of storytelling and strategy. We're storytelling to lead them down the path, and we're strategically placing that path so that you get to the end goal. I think that sums it up pretty darn nicely. Uh, well, thank you, everyone, for uh, uh, tuning in to uh, Strategic Storytelling with Jesse and Brian. If you want to learn more about marketing and strategic storytelling for your business, subscribe to our podcast, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Strategic Storytelling, a Pathfinder podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow our socials. For more information, visit our website, yourpathfinder.io.